Good morning. Thank you, Kenneth. That was beautiful. So, I have so much to be grateful for. This past two weeks or so, it's August and it's both my husband and my birthday. So we've been celebrating. We've been away on vacation. We've done so many fun things. We've been to concerts and we went to the Hamptons and we went to Charlestown, Rhode Island and we swam and we hiked and we had so much fun. And every day we became aware and acknowledged how blessed we are and how grateful we are. And then Tuesday was my first day back. And within hours, I forgot. And I became afraid and doubtful and about work, of course, what else, right? And wondering what's gonna happen? Where is it gonna come from? What's gonna, and then I said, well, just, just get to work. And my work is to plan my talk. And the talk title is gratitude, the gift that keeps on giving, which was so funny to me. It's like, okay, now I have to live in gratitude even though I have this other sensation going on in my body. And I always laugh because, you know, Sean asks for these titles months ahead of time and I just kind of, the title comes and I just put them down one after another. So it just so happened that, you know, here it is and it's a time for me to be grateful. And I've also been doing a lot of reading. Last month I talked about the book that I was reading called Dying to Be Me. And what she talks a lot about was her purpose in life after she died. She didn't know what her purpose was until she died. And in that death experience, she realized that her purpose was to remind people that our job here is to love unconditionally. To live life loving ourselves and loving others unconditionally. Because that's what she experienced when she was out of her body. All she could feel was unconditional love. And her father, who she saw, because her father had passed away 10 years earlier, said, yeah, but it's not your time to stay here. And she's like, you want me to go back to that body? Her body had been filled with cancer and she felt all of this energy and this bigness of unconditional love and she's like, how is this gonna fit in that body? And he said, it will. And she said, okay. And she came back and she healed like immediately because she had, well not immediately, like within a month, but she was filled with, she was a medical uh, miracle. Anyway, so her story, and then this month I've been reading this book called Being Mortal. And it's a lot about looking at the last chapter of our life and even when we cross over and how we can infuse that last chapter with joy and love and gratitude. And one of the quotes that came from that book is, life is as fragile as a soap bubble. I was like, wow, that's pretty fragile, right? The gift of terrible illness is it teaches us to be in the moment. Nothing but this day Nothing but this moment matters. Seize the day. Allow the mundane to sparkle. Burdened by the past, worried about the future, or even being preoccupied in this moment, we fail to appreciate the gift of a single moment and to be grateful here. I remember one of the first Sundays I was here, Sean was telling a story about how he got a call from Maria and how her husband wasn't doing well and Sean said, we need to be grateful. And I guess he said the same thing to her husband. We need to be grateful. It's time to be grateful. And she was like, grateful? This horrible thing is happening right now. But the gratitude comes in, first of all, in reaching out to pray, to knowing that you are not alone and that in prayer, anything can happen.
another thing to be grateful for in those times is that you have a foundation of knowing all of the possibilities, all of the amazing miracles that can happen. And we have that foundation because we come here every week and we listen and we learn and we change and we make whatever we need to do to find that faith. So, it's in these times we look for the good in our lives because in, when we look for the good in our lives and we look at what we're grateful for, we can raise our vibration and it's in that raising our vibration that we help the dis-ease to go away and we allow our truth to come forward. And the truth is that as a child of God, we do not inherit sickness, right? That's what Myrtle Fillmore taught us as a child of God. That's what she heard and that's what she prayed on so that she was able to relieve her body of tuberculosis so many years ago. In Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. It doesn't matter what it is. Give thanks. Now, my favorite holiday has always been Thanksgiving. And it's so interesting because every year now, I'm 63 years old, every year I say, why don't we do this more often? Why don't I give thanks more often? Why don't I celebrate thanks, you know, what I have in my life more frequently? Myrtle Fillmore says, the practice of Thanksgiving should be observed every day of the year, not just on a national holiday. Heaven and earth listen and respond to the soul that is quickened into praise and thanksgiving. Praise is gratitude in action. I never heard that before. I thought that was really great. Praise is gratitude in action. She also said the day of national Thanksgiving is a day originally instituted in recognition of God as the source of the nation's supply and prosperity. A day set apart as a special tribute of praise and gratitude to the great giver of all good. Giving thanks, she said, has increased meager supply into superabundance before, and thus it can again. Elijah did it, Jesus did it, and that same power is latent in you and me. So why not bring it forth? Another great quote that from Myr Myrtle is, every individual has to live his own life and draw for himself upon the life, substance, health, and strength that are waiting to be brought forth. No one can eat another's food for him or breathe for him. Neither can one person express the indwelling life or health for another. Each one of us must draw upon the source of these things for himself. Blessed are we when we recognize that this is the way of receiving and do it. Now, as I sh shared just a few minutes ago, how I hand Sean these titles a long, you know, a while ago, and back in 2019, Gabe bought tickets for us to see Santana for my birthday. Well, it got canceled twice for because of COVID, and this year we finally got to see it which was very exciting. But what was interesting was the week before we went away on vacation, I said, let me start doing some investigating on my talk title. And I went to the unity.org site and they have this, these sections. And one of the sections was gratitude. And they interviewed Carlos Santana and his wife, Cindy. And I'm like, oh, I have to read this article. And it was amazing because I guess they go to unity in California or wherever they live. But um, they shared about their spiritual philosophy and divinity and gratitude and how living from the space of oneness and of gratitude and seeing everyone as divine is the foundation of their 
work. And they kind of laughed when they said work because they, they love what they do, right? Mm. They get to share their gifts every day with the world and they are so grateful. And when asked what spiritual path or resource stood out most for you, Carlos answered, gratitude and acknowledging the power of grace in everything inside you and around you and knowing we are made in the same likeness of God. We believe this with clarity of spirit and clarity of mind, and so we are ready to create miracles and blessings. And even when he was on stage, he talked to the, he didn't talk much. He just played. He played his heart out and other people sing. He's like amazing. But in the end, what he did share was, we are all one. Look at your neighbor as if you love them the way you love your children. It was really and it weren't those exact words, but it was really about, we're in this together, guys. We can change the world when we come from that place. And it was so like, I don't know, it was very moving for me. The whole concert was just amazing. And, you know, it was worth a two-year wait, I have to say. It was really quite amazing. And it was funny because I was really worried about, you know, being in, it was an indoor concert. And we had tickets where we didn't have anybody around us. It was great. Everybody was down on the floor. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not down there because now they have these big screens, right? So you could see everything. It was, it was fabulous. The next thing I went to read was a story about a man who joined the Coast Guard. And in a very short time, he decided he did not like it and he wanted out and he was going to quit. And he didn't actually even know if he could quit. And in the meantime, he spoke to somebody in the Coast Guard and they told him, well, until you can quit, why don't you turn your life over to God and just be grateful for everything and just bless everything. So he did. That's what he did. He just decided, I'm going to be grateful for this job that I don't like. I'm going to be grateful. And what had happened was he ended up staying the four years, plus he added another year. It turned his day around. It turned his life around. Now, I don't hate my job, but the fact that I wake up worried about it, I said, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. I am just going to bless everything. I mean, I love going to Stonington on Saturdays because I love what I do there with the guys, but I don't like the ride. It's an, Yesterday it took me two hours to get there because of the commuter traffic and everything. But I just kept saying, every time I was getting frustrated, I just kept blessing, blessing the cars in front of me, blessing the line of traffic in front of me, blessing the beautiful day that I get to be in an air-conditioned car or just roll down the window. I mean, it was just a much different ride. And even the ride home was much different for me. Now, after hearing both of these things and having this experience, I don't know. I woke up today in such a great place. Now, also, the other thing that was happening, it was so funny because um, on Friday, I had already finished my talk, and Jen, Gabe's daughter, calls me up. I was supposed to go and watch their three-year-old while she went for an ultrasound. And she calls me up and says, I'm on the way to the hospital. You don't have to come. And I just started to cry. And I just felt such gratitude. And it made me realize that how many things, like, I don't want to say that work isn't important because I love what I do, but it's insignificant compared to life itself. You know, the birth of a child and the loss of someone really makes me understand and feel like, oh, nothing else matters except for life and love. 
And in, in that moment, I just cried all day. And and then, you know, I also have this little joke that I say, you know, you know, I, have, I get all these great grandchildren, and but I never had to do any of the heavy lifting, right? <laughs> well, what comes along with that, that doesn't feel so good, because I do this comparative thing. I do this thing, you know, it's like, oh, well, of course, the mother's going to get called first, and the sister's going to get called first, and do what's do all. And then I said, stop, because that's lessening my joy about being a grandmother. You know, but I, I still find myself falling into that trap of making myself feel bad. When I understand, I mean, after having a baby, who else would you call? Your mother. Or while you're having, you know, you're going to call your mother. You know, not this woman that you met after you were 30 years old, right? So anyway, it's interesting that I can understand all of this and I can have this faith and gratitude, but yet I allow myself to go down those paths sometimes of making myself feel bad for what is not happening that I want to happen. And I don't know why I'm sharing that. I'm just sharing it because it's part of my journey. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. So anyway, I also remembered hearing, bless a thing and it will bless you. Curse a thing and it will curse you. So I've decided that's the road I'm going to take, is just to continue to bless and bless and watch how things transform. So the key is, to stay grateful in all things, right? It's not to be grateful for all things. And I, when I read that too, that made a really big difference for me. Like I don't have to be grateful for the death of somebody, but in the death of somebody, what's gonna come out of that? In the struggle of something, what's gonna be able to come out of that? And what can I bring to that? Using my sense of gratitude and using my joy and using my blessings. Now. Sometimes, you know, my, I have a favorite teacher, Reverend Kelly Isola, and she wrote in that same group of articles, a title, the title of her article was, I am blessed. So I want to do something with you guys. I want everybody to say out loud, I am blessed. I am blessed. Okay. Now this time I want you to say, I want you to say each word separately. I am blessed. I am blessed. And now I want you to say it louder and stronger. I am blessed. Yeah. Now, how do you feel? Do you feel any different? Yeah. Yeah, just saying that and acknowledging it. It's amazing that it, you know, it activates our imagination to all the things that are in our life. And it might not even be a um, conscious acknowledgement of what is. It's just that feeling of gratitude. And the root word of bless means to consecrate and to some and to make something holy. So we bless things that are, whether we like them or not, just because they are. And as life goes on, we get to see how those things improve our life, as if we choose to let them do that. If we choose to say, well, what am I going to glean from this? How is this going to help me heal? How is it going to help me grow? But that's got to be the choice. Now, there's a pattern in being blessed and being a blessing. First, we express delight when we realize we are blessed by something just by allowing it. Second, we give thanks for that realization. Third, eventually we become the blessing, the life of God, by passing the blessing along. And then finally, we repeat the pattern over and over again. So sometimes life is hard, right? 
We see and experience pain, grief, loss, anger, fear, loneliness, overwhelm, powerlessness, and we ask ourselves, how can this be a blessing? When we feel inadequate or unloved or unworthy. And this is when we have to remember we are full of life. We are one with the one and only. God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. And we are one with God. That is who we are. That is within each and every one of us. I light this candle today to remind us of our light, that we are the light of the world, and that's where and how we are all connected. So get grounded in this law or principle and walk on your journey one day, one hour, one moment at a time, knowing this truth. When we claim this, the challenges we become will become opportunities to grow and stretch the boundaries of our heart. The challenge is asking me to expand my wisdom and my compassion. Then I could see blessings and feel joy. This is what will flow to another. This is what they will feel. The gift of being blessed then allows me to become the blessing for others. So I want to read this prayer. One of my um, co-minister students, who's now a minister, wrote it. And when she wrote it, it was so resonant within me. And I want to share it with you because it's, it feels like this is what, it, it is what it is that I want to share, that who I am. And it's called Reverend Reverend. If you choose to call me reverend, you will remind me of the reverence and love I hold for all of life. Should you call me reverend, you will remind me of the vows I took in rapturous devotion to all of life. When you call me reverend, may your naming be a prayer for the divinity in me to connect, honor, bless, celebrate, uplift, and love, love, love all that is profane in me and you. When you call me reverend, let me bow to the spectacular glory of the holy space between us, an illusion, a possibility, to unite us in this moment. And remember, we belong to each other. When you call me reverend, let the very sound be a bridge that brings me one step closer to you than you are to me a sacred connection, reminding me to trust my heart enough to find words and actions that honor your divinity, your light, your life. I am you. We are. I am you. We are. And I'm so grateful for her, and I'm so grateful for those words. To, I'm not a poet, but when I hear something that resonates in me, I grasp onto it, and I, of course, asked her permission to share that. And she says, yeah, sure, she said, I'm probably going to expand on it. But it's that knowing and that reminder for me that we are all one. And as I do for myself, I do for everyone. And it's, it's such a, an amazing gift to know that and to live that and to embody it. So I'm really grateful. And I'm just going to close with a summary of everything I said, not everything, but so using the unity principles, right? We've got the first principle, which is there is one presence, one power, one love, God the good. These seemingly separate blessings become a pathwork quilt of blessings that we call life. It's a never-ending gift if we allow it to be. 
to acknowledge your oneness with all that is, the greatest gift of all. And to remember, it is not the years in our life, but the life in our years that really matters. So make today count. Make today day one where you bring that sense of life and vitality back into your experience full of appreciation, full of gratitude, and full of blessings for this gifted day. So I want to say thank you. I'm your sister companion in power, possibility, and prayer. I miss you, for those of you out there. I appreciate you, and I love you. And until we meet again, remember that you are blessed and a blessing. <laughs>